Today's message is uh, not a traditional Thanksgiving Day message. Eric gave that last week. Uh, Today's message is focusing um, on America and the crosshairs. And as I was led to bring this message, um, uh, America is in trouble. So if there are patriots in the audience this morning, put your flags down, move away from your emotion, please listen to the messages that God is sending in his word. And if you can, as we go through this, kind of just look down, if you will, at what God sees in this country. What God sees in this country. Uh, America is not only um, in, in God's crosshairs. When you look at the geopolitical situations around the world, uh, our enemies are strong. They're massing. Uh, Russia and China and Iran and North Korea and others. And so we need to pray for America. And we need to pray for the Church of America. And so let me open in prayer uh, and then we'll get to work. Um, Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to join together and worship without fear. So many are being martyred across this earth. I just ask that you would seal this chamber, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would pour out through your word that people would listen to your voice and that lives would be changed this morning, Lord, because of you and thank you for all you've done. Um, So this morning, uh, we're going to take a look at three different topics. Um, The first is a look at Sodom and Gomorrah, which was a society that was totally decadent, totally turned its back on God. Uh, And sexual immorality and greed had just overtaken it, and God destroyed it. Then we're going to drill down into the divided states of America, because we're no longer the United States of America. In fact, many analysts are saying this country is more torn now in division than what we saw in the Civil War. And then we're going to look into the Church of America. We're going to look into the Church of America. Now, as we start... Uh, You're going to see some definitions, you're going to see some scriptures, and these are all pertinent to what's coming. Uh, And this is a tough message, um, but it is a message that that we need to hear. Um, And so, first I want to, I've heard the word, you've all heard the word, uh, and Leviticus will be spending some time today. Uh, But when you hear the word abomination, it's an abomination. This was the definition An abomination is something that is detestable to God, something that is extremely disgusting or he hates. Please listen. It is filthy or vile in his mind. And so we're going to see scriptures describing behaviors, people that are detestable God. They're an abomination. And that's just the way it is. And so as we move into these scriptures, and all of these have pertinent meaning to the message that's coming. So try to remember these, and they are crystal clear at what God thinks about these issues. Leviticus 20, 13 says, If a man lies with a male as a woman, both have committed an abomination. They surely will be put to death. Their blood is upon them. Deuteronomy uh, Deuteronomy 22.5 says, A woman shall not wear a man's garments, nor shall a man put on a woman's cloak. For whoever does these things is an abomination to your Lord. Proverbs 12.22, he who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous 
are both like an abomination. And I can't remember a time in my lifetime, maybe you can, when the wickedness is made righteous and the righteousness in this world is made wicked. Did I forget to turn around? Yeah, I'm Ah, sorry. Uh, Obviously, I am not a techie. So, there. Is that better? Do I need to start over? (laughs) Okay, good. Okay, so he who justifies the wicked and uh, he who who condemns the righteous are both like an abomination. Proverbs 28.9 says, If one turns away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. And lastly, as we really begin to drill down into the individual, Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone who is arrogant in his heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. And you will see as we walk through this, um, I've heard, I'm sure you've heard, money is the root of all evil. Well, it's not. And you'll see biblically, pride is one of the roots of all evil. Uh, And so, let's get rolling. Okay, so this is Proverbs 6, 6, 16 through 19. You can look at this, and please remember this as we go through, as we look at Sodom and Gomorrah, as we look at America, and as we look at the church of Jesus Christ in America today. These are six things the the Lord hates. Seven that are detestable him. Haughty eyes, and you see pride is number one on this list. A lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and we're going to spend some time in Scripture on that. A heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. And when we get to the church of Jesus Christ, uh, you will see that pride is one of the biggest issues that tear churches apart. Little kingdoms, my kingdom, my throne. Uh, And so we'll spend some time into that. But these are things that God hates. And when you think about this, and and as I went through this lesson, uh, I didn't think I was going to get done because I had to get on my knees so many times to ask for forgiveness. Um, This is speaking to you today because you are the church of Jesus Christ. You are the church of Jesus Christ. So let's dive into Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is an example uh, that God has used to teach us what we should not do as a nation and as a people. And so Sodom and Gomorrah, why were they destroyed? And so these are the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah. And there were many, pride and sexual immorality, It was an unholy society. They totally rejected God. They worshipped other gods. They had hardened their hearts. They become totally self-centered. That they focused on nothing but their own lusts and power. And so let's read the last day or two of Sodom and Gomorrah to give you an example of the decadentness. You know what I meant. Um, uh, how, how far the society had gone away from God. Genesis says, Then the Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin is so grievous, 
that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. And he knew. He saw it. Total decadence. There were no remnant left. None. Please remember that as we head into the look of America. But Abraham... Abraham says to the Lord, uh, Abraham went to God and said, will you really sweep away the righteous with the evil, with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people left? And you can see I jump forward. What if there were 40? What if there were 30? And finally, you can almost see he's almost thinking he's upsetting God. He says in the last verse, let not the Lord be angry and I will speak just once more. Suppose 10 should be found there, and God said, if I can find 10 people, I won't destroy it. But he couldn't. He couldn't find 10 people. The remnant was gone. And here's the destruction. And and listen to the attitude of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah a day or two, I don't know the exact timing, before they were utterly destroyed. Genesis says, Now two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Here now, my lords, please enter into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. So... They turned into him and entered his house. And that very night, listen to this. Now, before they lay down, the men of Sodom, both old and young, this was generational. All the people from every quarter surrounded the house, and they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may know them carnally. You understand that? You'll understand it clear in just a second. So Lot went out to them and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Let me bring them out to you, and you can do what you want. But don't do anything to these men. They are under my protection, and they are under the protection in my house. And the people were outraged. And they said, get out of our way as these men have come to judge us. And we'll treat you the same we're going to treat them. But the men inside pulled Lot back into the house and shut the door. Then they struck the men with blindness, uh, young and old, so they could not find the door. And the clock ticked to zero. And jumping ahead, the utter destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah, by the way, uh, as I studied this a little bit, uh, there was a great plain. Uh, say Kansas, if you think of a plain. And there were five cities in this region, and only these two were chose. So there must have been a remnant somewhere else. But the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor, which was one of these cities. Then God rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So, the, so he overthrew those cities, all the plains, all the inhabitants of the cities, and everything that grew on the ground. Utterly destroyed it because of their sin and their rebellion. And there were no remnant left. And so now as we turn 
and we take a look at America, uh, you will see America is clearly in the crosshairs of God. Um, and if, uh, if America doesn't turn, God is going to destroy this country. God is going to destroy this country. So let's look at the sins of America today as we sit here today. And again, I want you to think about the nation as a whole. As God looks down, this nation is prideful. Sexual immorality is growing at a pace faster than we've ever seen. There's an unholiness starting. There's total rejection of God in areas. Uh, People are worshiping other gods. They've hardened their hearts. There's a self-centeredness and an evilness that is growing in this country. America is under the crosshairs. Again, Proverbs 6, 16, 19. Think about this as we go through it again on America. Six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable. Pride, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. And you're going to see some data uh, that, that literally made me weep on that topic. A heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in a community. Judgment is coming to America. And make no mistakes, I love this country. I love this country. But this country is in trouble. It's turned from God. America has thrown God out of its governments, out of its schools, and the nation has turned its back on God. This nation's government supports, funds, promotes, and is pushing down into elementary schools every concept that supports the LGBTQ movement. And I'm not judging anyone because my my sin is scarlet. But that is an abomination to God and this nation is under God's crosshairs for just that alone. Romans 1, 26, 27 says, because of this, God gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural. In the same way, men also abandoned relations with women. It's growing. The remnant in this country is shrinking. This nation supports and spends hundreds of millions of dollars on promoting and executing abortions. Sam and I listened to uh, a radio staff. I don't know what the organization was, but they had recorded a live abortion. And you could hear the nurses talking to the young lady, and she was terrified, and she was in pain. And you hear the vacuum machine come on. And the innocent is slaughtered. And that's an abomination to God. And it's supported by this country. And when I hear somebody say, and I'm going to get emotional, God bless America, give me a break. God is going to destroy America if we don't turn. That's just the truth that you're hearing today. Proverbs 15, 9 says, The Lord detests the way of the wicked, but he loves those who pursue righteousness. Is America pursuing righteousness today? Luke 16, 15 says, The Pharisees who loved money heard all of this and were sneering at Jesus. Jesus said to them, You are the ones who justify yourself in the eyes of others, but God knows your heart. And whatever mask you're wearing today, because we all wear masks, God knows your heart. 
What people value highly is detestable in God's sight. And does God value, excuse me, does America value God or money and power? And you know the answer. You know the answer. Now let's talk about casualties of war and the killing of people. And so I just came to me that I wanted to Google how many Americans have died in conflict. Um, and this is just, I think, six. I couldn't believe the pages of conflicts. Uh, that obviously, I didn't pay attention in history or something. Um, but, uh, and there were multiple websites that carried this data. I just selected one. But listen to these numbers. You can see them in the Revolutionary War to become free 66,000, Civil War, 1,126,000, World War I, World War II, you can see the numbers. And when somebody invades, you defend. Certainly there were innocents killed. But in war, it is conflict, it is battle. Now let's look at the war on life in America. I was shocked I thought of my firstborn, Nikki, who's watching today. This four-pound, seven-ounce monster of a baby who I thought, I worked in manufacturing, I thought I was going to have to use gray tape to keep the dress on her from falling off when we brought her out of the hospital. And I saw that little, tiny, innocent, four-pound, seven-ounce baby, and I see the seven million slaughtered that this country supports Your tax dollars are paying to slaughter young babies. And when you look at the data from 2000 to 2020, it's over 15 million. And this is data that is reported, of all things, to the center of disease control. So let me begin as I turn the corner and we come down the back stretch. The number of churches in America that were open in 2010 to today has fallen. The lights are going out on the churches in America. The number of Christians in America is shrinking. And I need to change this. It is the, uh, one of the fastest shrinking churches in the world. The number of people coming to church and saying they're Christians. And I think number one and two is a direct result of this. The number of churches preaching the truth and the whole truth is dropping. Uh, You see, they, they don't want to offend anybody. The prosperity churches, the progressive churches love. They don't want to speak the truth that Jesus Christ spoke. I didn't write this stuff. Think about, have you ever had an oil lamp? Some of you are old enough to know oil lamps. And you're in a room and you light that match and you turn that oil lamp up and boom, the darkness is gone. And the light is shining and bright. In this country, this nation has turned down and continues to turn down that light. And the darkness is creeping across this country. And this isn't a negative message. This is a call for help. What hope does America have? The church in America is growing cold and many are in denial. 
Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, and many more are ready to pounce in the month of October and November. Uh, There were over 65 intercontinental ballistic missiles tested by our enemies. And you think the fire and brimstone that came came down on Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, The wolves are closing in on the inside of the country. We've become the divided states. Camelot has fallen. What hope do we have? How long? How long before God might punish this nation? Because the sins you've just seen are abominations to him and they're happening every day in this country. And so let's turn to the hope. Let's turn to the hope. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And we're going to talk about that. And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them, hear from them. I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin, their sin first. And then heal their land. The hope. So when we begin to tear this section down, the first word is if. If, my people, we must respond. We must respond. We must take action. We can no longer just roll tide. My people who are called by my name, and, and who is that? Who, are, who is my people? That's you, and that's you, and that's you, and that's you, and that's me. That's us. If they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face. And so I looked up the definition of seek. Okay? And um, that's to go in search of. That's to have passion for and search for and find that that you're looking for. Are you searching for God? Are you seeking him on a personal level? Is there a sense of urgency? Or are things just rolling? Job's good. 401's good. Kids are good. Everything's good. He says, if we respond, if we humble ourselves, if we seek him and turn from the wicked ways, you see, we must change our direction. We must look inside ourselves. We must repent and make him Lord of our lives again. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their nation. The hope rests in us. Not somebody else to do it. Not another church to do it. Us. We've not only given the opportunity to share our faith with our family and our friends. If we humble ourselves, he may just very well heal this nation. And so you heard earlier, it's funny how God works. This morning, we're starting a new series on heaven and hell and Satan came up. Tony did a great job. But I want to go to the pride issue now. I want to go to the pride issue because it's here. It's here in our church. It's in every church. And I just want to step back and say the fall of man wasn't the first sin. The first sin took place in heaven. Okay? And Lucifer. Um, get, get a picture of who this guy is and, and was. Ezekiel twenty-eight fourteen talks about Lucifer and it's the pride that took him out. It says, listen to this description of what God created. 
you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. I didn't get any better than that. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone adorned your body. Now, I can't pronounce some of these, so I'm going to let you read it, and I'm going to kind of go to the next sentence. Your settings and mountings were made of gold on the day you were created. They were prepared. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for I so ordained you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked among the fiery stones. Some commentaries say he was the worship leader, that he hovered over God, and all of these stones, God's light just beamed through, and he was beautiful, and he was perfect in beauty. And he got greedy. He got proudful. And he said, look at me. Look at me. And here's where the Bible tells you. It's the five I wills. This is about Lucifer, the five I wills. Isaiah 14, 12, 14. How you have fallen from heaven, morning star, the son of dawn. You've been cast down to earth. And here's what he said in his heart. And have you ever said these things? (laughs) I will raise my throne above the stars of God. Where's your throne at today? I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will ascend to heaven. Look at me. I will sit enthroned at the Mount of Assembly. I will ascend above the top of the clouds. I will make myself God. And boom, the war in heaven and perfection was shattered. I don't want to, as we're thinking about this, I I thought about this this morning. And so you just read the description of Lucifer and his creation and his power and his beauty. And I read in Genesis, the fall, how easily did this demon influence Eve? Just a few words, just a few words. And this was the perfect, perfect woman. She walked with God and boom, how much so more Can this entity confuse and deceive the fallen? How much more can he deceive those already fallen? Are you deceived today? Second Chronicles again says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. Let's go to this. And as I go down through here, please look in the mirror of your life. Because I'm guilty will humble themselves, and pride is the root of all evil. Pride took the angels out. Pride will take us out. Pride says, I do not need God. I got this. I can make it on my own. Pride refuses to listen. Don't don't talk to me about that. I got this. Pride needs to be noticed. Hmm? I look at me. What do you think? I I got this. Pride likes to talk about himself. Pride believes it deserves all it gets. Pride is not thankful. Pride cannot be corrected. Pride exalts itself in front of others. Pride thinks of its own needs first. 
and pride criticizes others to make itself look good. Um, now, there's a whole lot of you that has been in this church a lot longer than I have. And we went through a, a very tumultuous time. Uh, and, and pride played a part in our troubles. The church of Jesus Christ in America may or may not repent. That's up to us. Judgment and utter destruction may or may not strike America in our lifetime, but it's coming if America doesn't turn. There are so many unknowns, but one thing is for sure. Never changes. Jesus Christ is coming back for his bride. He will return for us, and he will come and make creation right again and judge all of us who have come before, now, and those that are coming. Do you know him today? And when is he coming? Do you know the day? If anybody tells you they know the day, just run. Run. Matthew 24, 3. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? What? Tell us. Jesus answered, listen to this. The first thing he said, watch out that no one deceives you. Are you deceived today? Could it be possible that in your life, in your mind, in your heart, the voices have come and you've believed? For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Any of that going on today? But see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen. But the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All of these are the beginning of birthing pains. And I believe we're deep into labor. (laughs) Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death. And you will be hated by all nations because of me. Uh, We keep track of and listen to and follow the voices of martyrs. And uh, 2020, 2021, and now 2022, there was a marked spike in the slaughtering of innocents who would not give up their faith. These are happening in front of us. Are you keeping watch? Then you will be handed over and be persecuted, put to death. You'll be hated by nations. At that time, many will turn away from the faith, and will betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So, as we start to turn now, there's just two slides left. I'm going to ask you to think about where you are today. Listen to these scriptures. We're going to have people here if you want to talk at the end of the service. If you want to call us, you don't want to come down, get a hold of us. Let us help you if, if you have issues that you need to talk about. And we all do. Get the pride out. We all do. But, but that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father and it was in the days as it was in the days of Noah and Sodom and Gomorrah and will be in America if things don't change. 
So it will be at the coming of the second man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until a flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Therefore, keep watch. Are you watching? Are you seeking? Are you aware of what's going on? Because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known what time of the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready. You are the church of Jesus Christ. If we're not ready, there's no hope. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect it. Come on up, guys. As we close now, please listen to these scriptures. Burn them in your heart and make sure you know the answer. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one that does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And many, and I would say millions... The deception is real. You just read it. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not uh, drive out demons in your name? And in your name perform many miracles? Come on, God. And I can't imagine the look on their face when he looks at them and says, then I will say to them plainly, I never knew you away from me and into eternity they'll go. So my last question for you this morning, and if you can't answer this immediately, please see somebody. We're here to help. Are you sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're not one that God will say, I never knew you, be away with me?